Welcome to the Wealth and Purpose Podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to creating wealth in a way that feels really good and live their purpose fully in the process. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive business coach. I'm also a wife, a mom to two preteens, a professor, Girl Scout leader, and well, hey, you get it. Like you, I wear a lot of hats. Whether you're looking for inspiration to get started or strategies to get growing, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey there, this is Patty here. I just want to thank you for being with me today and let you know that this episode of the Wealth and Purpose Podcast is brought to you by The Receiving School. So today I want to talk to you about the mystery of staying in love as opposed to just loving. I am talking about lessons I've learned from being with my husband for 20 years. And although I don't consider myself a marriage expert, this milestone of us being together for 20 years this year has brought it front and center to my mind of, you know, what does our relationship mean today versus 20 years ago? You know, what have I learned about myself? about Matt, my husband, and about love in general. Um, I'm writing my memoir, No Space for Magic. And even in the writing of it, it's become so obvious how critical Matt has been in me learning how to create space for magic. So all of this has come together alongside of it being Valentine's Day a few days ago. And Matt wrote me a love letter that reminded me of how far we've come and what this journey has meant. So if you will give me the pleasure of letting me tell you my story, my goal is that in hearing it, you'll learn something that will help you, allow you to allow in more happiness. Because to me, that's what being in love is about. It's about being able to be happy in the midst of sometimes things that are difficult because you have this experience of this in love feeling. And you know, I, it's not just my husband that I can extend that to. I feel that with my closest friends. Of course, the love is not romantic love with them. It's it's a different kind of love, but it's deeper than just um, a static feeling. It's it's an engagement. It's a um, it's a blending of souls that brings you alive when you think about them and and when you're around their energy. That to me is what the in love feeling's about. And um, I was on the phone with someone. We were doing a session, and and we were talking about her own um, partnership. And she said, "You know, Patty, you wrote to us." a few months ago and said that you were proud of the fact that you weren't just, that you didn't just love your husband, but that you were still in love with him. And that really struck a chord with me because I realized it's something that's important to me as well. And perhaps it's something that before we hit this milestone of 20 years, I I didn't look as closely at as I am looking at this year. Again, because it's 20 years and because I'm writing the book. So Here's the big, big lesson that I have learned along the way and that has made such a difference in our lives. And I think this applies to all relationships. This is what will make all relationships better is that every morning when I wake up, 
I receive Matt. I allow him in to me and my world as whoever he is in this day. Each morning when I wake up, I don't expect him to be the person he was yesterday or a year ago or 10 years ago or definitely 20 years ago. And that's taken some learning to figure that out. You know, there were times definitely early on, especially when the kids were little, where I just wanted him to be who I wanted him to be. And he wasn't that person. And it was in learning to understand that the person before me was exactly the person that I was calling in, exactly the person I needed. To let that version of him be the whole version is what has created so much depth for both of us. And in this letter he wrote me on Valentine's Day, it was so interesting the words he used to describe me. Um, He used the word ferocious when it came to protecting our kids and fierce when it came to going after what I wanted and what I believed was right and true in the world. And that was amazing to me because those are not words that ever would have used to define myself 20 years ago. And it's really been in the context of our marriage and our parenthood that I found those qualities, that I found the courage to embrace those qualities. And that to me has been part of the journey is I think in order for us to stay in love with another person, we have to stay in love with ourselves. And in order to stay in love with ourselves, we have to receive ourselves as the version we are each morning when we get up and understand that we're evolving, expanding beings. And dreams that were important to me 10 years ago aren't necessarily important to me today. And something I didn't notice yesterday may become vitally important to me tomorrow. And all of those things are true to who I am. And the same thing for Matt. There's been years where he's become parts of himself that I didn't know were there and they create new discoveries. He's engaged parts of himself. Maybe is a better way to say it. He's brought them in. I've talked before about the me, not me. The part me is the part that we accept about ourselves. The not me is the part that's still part of ourselves. We just reject it or resist it. And as he's pulled those parts in, he's become bigger energetically as a human and a soul and a person that I am sharing this life with. And I see how easily I could have taken that other road where I rejected parts of myself and in the process rejected parts of him. And honestly, I don't know why I took the road I took where I did let parts of me in and I let parts of him in. Certainly it wasn't my nature. And it certainly wasn't the way I was brought up. We were very much raised in a you know strict Irish Catholic home where there are things that are okay and things not okay. And that really creates a very defined me, not me relationship to yourself and to other people. You know, this is okay. This person shows up this way, it's okay. And if they show up a different way, it's not okay. You know, when we were growing up, I remember my mom, no matter who it was, if you were living with someone, it was not okay. Marriage or sex before marriage was not okay. It was fundamentally bad. And there was a tinge of that person being bad because of it. 
and people that I knew my mom loved deeply were engaged in those relationships, it, it was hard for her. It was very hard for her to continue to be present for them. And over the years, she learned how to do it. But the model that I had was always that there's things that are acceptable and things that are not acceptable, and we reject what is not acceptable. And I think coming into a relationship with everything being having a purpose, everything being positive, whether we like it or not, you know, everything having a source of love and light when you look closely at it, even if that source of love and light is for you to see the other person's wounds and to find compassion for it, certainly when you're deciding to stay in a relationship long-term with someone. And I am not here to advocate for marriage versus divorce versus living with someone. It has it actually has nothing to do with that when I say it's staying in love because staying in love doesn't have to do with commitment in terms of contracts. It has to do with not just feeling affection for the other person, but having a deep sense of connection and alivement. Did I just make up that word? I think I did. That that person's soul brings you alive in a way that you aren't when you're outside of their realm. It it's a an excitement. It's a it, gosh, words are failing me right now. I, when I started this podcast, when I came to do this, because this I decided was I had something different to talk about for this week, but Valentine's Day and the and the love letter my husband gave me just changed my mind that this was something I really wanted to share because I just it's so alive for me right now. When I look back over our lives, there's so many difficult times we went through, whether it was me leaving a successful corporate banking career and, you know, not making money <laughs> when I started where I thought I would, or him losing his job, or my mom getting sick and having such a long journey with cancer, or, you know, his mother, same thing, getting sick and and being okay, but his father dying soon after. All of these things, and not to mention all of the trials that have come with raising children, so many that we never could have envisioned. When I look back over all of them, each each moment we went into them and just tried to be the best we could be inside those moments. And maybe that's the advantage I have is that I have a man that I'm partnered with that really does rise to the occasion and does show up. And maybe it's not always the way I'd want it to be, you know, if I was choosing. But I know that that he'd say the same. Actually, he wouldn't. That's what makes him a little bit better human than me. <laughs> he never has a bad word to say about anyone. But I know deep down inside, if he looked into his heart, he'd probably wish that some days I wasn't as fierce <laughs> or as ferocious as I am. But when he takes the space and he looks back on it, that's what he values about me. He's giving me the safety to explore parts of myself and my dreams and my wishes and my desires that I might not have had I not been in the context of a relationship with him. And I hope, and I am pretty sure I have done the same for him. But I think especially right now in the time we're in, take marriage off the table. What I see so much is we are such a polarized people. 
right now. We are going to extremes. Whereas if someone is not who we want them to be exactly, meaning they don't share our parenting beliefs, they don't share our political beliefs, they don't share our community development beliefs, the social mores, whatever it is, we are in getting increasingly in a type of communication where we are, they are either with us or against us. And that I think is a macrocosm of the microcosm of each individual relationship first with ourselves, that me, not me. And then within partnerships and friendships of saying that person can't be with me if they've got this going on. Whereas if we let it in, then we have such a fuller, richer experience of life. That's what I found. And that is what creates that in love feeling. When nothing that person possesses in terms of qualities and ideas and wishes and dreams can be wrong, then there's so much more space to be in love. Now, of course, I'm not talking about if someone's wishes or dreams you know, hurt you. It's, I want to make that really, really clear. It's not the that is not okay. That requires a boundary. And then that requires, you know, first you must first be in love with yourself and do what you need to do to take care of yourself. But I do have a man who he does love me and his wishes and dreams don't include anything that hurts me. And so even though I do not understand his obsessive um, love for the Patriots and football, I give him space. I make room for it. And people close to me make fun of me that I make so much room during the football season for him to be able to watch his game on Sunday. But what they don't understand is that he doesn't have that many things he loves at that level that fulfill him and that bring him joy at the level of watching the Patriots. I mean, he has wonderful, big, fulfilled life. He coaches many of the kids' teams and he has a career he loves and he works out every day. But he loves the Patriots the way that I love personal development. <laughs> and they only play once a week. And so I do go out of my way to protect that time for him. And It's not anything anyone else has to understand. You would have to understand how I'm built, how he's built, and what that relationship means to us. And he's made that that room for me in so many ways. Growing a business, being an entrepreneur, when the person you married was a corporate uh, executive, took a lot of changes in our family. And with each one, he just took it in stride. And he always said, I believe in you. If you know this is right, then I believe in that. And that's what I've said to him as well. Even if deep down inside, I was like, what in God's name are we doing here? Um, I always had faith in his North Star and he's had faith in mine. And that to me is the key. Now, that does not mean it's always been easy. There have been times where I have fantasized especially when the kids were little. I think this is the hardest time in a marriage is when you've got toddlers, little beings whose needs are physically, emotionally endless, (laughs) where 
I fantasized about divorce and I know he has, but there's a difference between fantasizing about divorce and actually wanting one. Fantasizing about divorce means that you can embrace the idea of something with only the good parts in it and not worry about any of the downsides and the down the biggest downside being my life being without him. But those fantasies are temporary. They last a few hours and then we wake up the next morning still grateful for the person sitting next to us or laying next to us. And that is because of the receiving of them. And that's really the big lesson to me. I don't consider myself, as I said, a marriage expert. I'm probably more of a friendship expert, but probably not even that. But what I know is I have a strong marriage and I have strong friendships. And what I believe they come from is the ability that I've cultivated to receive someone as they are, where they are, and see them fully and wholly as the beautiful divine being they are, which is a lot of fluffy language, I will say, but it is true and raw all the same. To really fully receive someone is an act of courage. It's an act of love. And it's probably the most powerful act that draws back into your life. Because when you do that, you give yourself the space as well to be fully yourself. You know, a bunch of years ago, we took a workshop, uh, a marriage workshop that was called, it was called like a Mago therapy or was based on a Mago therapy. And essentially what it, what it does is it says that you pick a partner that is the image that is able to reflect the image of the wounds that you need to heal from uh, childhood, or maybe I didn't say that right. They, you eff- essentially pick someone who's the image of the people most responsible for influencing you. Usually, your mother and father, but it can be like also a teacher or a mentor, and where they cause wounds that you're able to heal those wounds through your partner. And I had um, asked my husband to do this workshop with me, and of course, like probably a lot of guys I know, he was not down for some some intense therapy work, but he did it because I asked. And honestly, I thought we were going there more for him because I felt like he didn't explore his childhood as much as I have. But ultimately what came out of it was for me to just see so deeply how I still was working out these wounds of perfectionism through him. And how all he did was hold up a mirror of what it looks like to not always worry about being perfect and to work through those ideas. And he said to me, what was so powerful for him was he never up until that time had understood, despite at that point living with me for what, or being with me for 16 years, probably that how deeply I churn on an almost hourly basis thinking about what I can do better next more. He didn't understand how that drive wasn't a positive thing. He just always saw me as this powerhouse, this woman that gets things done. He just thought he was that I'm different. I'm built differently. He didn't understand this came from a wounding because he doesn't obsess about personal development and psychology like I do. And that awareness brought him so much compassion. And had he stuck to his guns and said, we don't need a marriage workshop, we would never would have found that place. And so I think also just knowing that there's a benefit to having a third party 
participate in your marriage, um, open your eyes to it. Or the therapist that did the workshop said it was so much fun because usually she gets people who are just on the verge of divorce, whereas we were happy. And that was actually the motivation was at the time I was learning from a teacher who said to me, don't worry about making the bad stuff good. Worry about making the good stuff great and the great stuff even better. And at that time, our marriage was great. And I said, we can make this amazing. And he was like, we've got a great marriage. And I said, I know, but it could be amazing. And so the therapist had said how much fun it was to work with us because we weren't in this place of crisis and we had so much space to explore. And so if you're curious, there is, I don't, I cannot remember it off the top of my head, but if you look up Imago Therapy, the, the two people that created it have a book and you can do almost all the process uh, right from the book. I, I strongly encourage you. It's a fascinating process, a fascinating self-development process. But here's here is um, probably the biggest lesson I learned at combining this marriage with entrepreneurship because I hear from a lot of women, especially women who are in heterosexual relationships that my husband doesn't support this or he won't let me invest this money or he X, Y, and Z. And what I can tell you is that, and I, and I imagine this goes across careers in other ways, you know, other uh other places in marriage, it was just very front and center for me because through that that most developmental stage of our marriage, when our kids were young, I was launching a business. So it was really front and center there. What I found is that our partner's fears are simply a mirror to our own fears. And, the, and in the beginning, my, my husband did worry about it. He did worry about the money. Of course, he had enough trust in me that those fears were limited. But the more confidence I had in myself and the more trust I had in the choices I was making in my business, the more my husband did as well. And so I think that's the final thing I'll say about staying in love is just understand when your partner is looking at you and questioning you, before you resist that questioning as being something's wrong with them, ask yourself if their questioning is just bringing up some questions you hold inside yourself. Because almost always, at least what I found is when you can answer that questioning for yourself, when you can relieve yourself of that second guessing and that questioning, that is when your partner can release it as well. So as I said, I am not a marriage expert, but what I have found is that when we can receive the people we love the most fully, and not let any part of them be a not them. Let every part of them be them, including our kids. That is when we have the fullest richer exp- expression of our relationships and of this life. I wish you much love. This belated Valentine's wish for you is that you first fall in love with yourself, and then you can either re-fall in love with someone, stay in love with them, or find that person that you can be in love with, if that's what you choose. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this podcast with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people. And it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you had to say about what you heard. I am cheering for your success. Have an amazing day.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.